Hello, Miss Kapow. Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show on the Kapow Radio Show Network, sponsored by Faith Media. <laughs> you almost poked yourself with that. Your I, eyeglasses. My eyeglasses. Okay, this is Miss Kapow, and today's Monday show is August 8th, 2016. Yes, it is. Okay, the title of this here program is going to be the Kapow Spitball Show. The Kapow Spitball Show. Why? I don't know. Because we're going to be spitballing today. We're just going to just kind of be spitballing. We're going to talk about several topics. Do you know that spitball is actually in the dictionary? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spitball, North American noun. It could mean a piece of paper that has been chewed and shaped into a ball for use as a missile. That's not what we're doing today. No. In baseball... In other words, spitwad. Yes, spitwad. You used to do that in school, I think. No, I did. You used to hit your sister in the back of the head with a straw with a spit. Yeah, you did. did. Uh That's why she's mad. (laughs) Baseball. An illegal pitch made with a ball moistened with saliva or spit or another substance to make it more uh, move erratically. Okay? But here's how we're going to use spitball. how that does that. I don't know. You'd have to talk to a baseball player. I'll have to look it up on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it does something with the weight or something. I don't know. Uh, verb, it's informal. Throw out a suggestion for discussion. I'm just spitballing a few ideas. That's what we're doing. Here Is that today. what we're doing? Yeah. All right. We're spitballing. We're, we're talking about spitballing. ideas. We're not just throwing out suggestions. We're actually talking about ideas. It's the spitball show. So let me get this thing going, okay? Let me get it going. And then let me do my spitball, then you do your spitball. Let me, okay. I'll just work around your okay. spitball. I'm going to start the spitball, okay? First of all, here's what I want to say. We've been doing this for uh, four years, right? Is that right? Yeah, the Kapow Radio Show. We started oh. late 2011, like October 2011. So I don't really count that. I just go to 2012 because it's only like a month or so and uh, before we really got it going. So um, we, we started that late 2011 so yeah, really 2012 October. yeah so like four years we've been doing this and we've been through all kinds of you know issues and problems you know with service and internet and i don't even know how we survived this long i really don't it was a miracle it really was and um really really hard and now that it's it's a lot easier because we actually have real internet and real stuff it the times have changed you know things are changing and we've said this really from the beginning or from the early days that, you know, there's, there's going to be a day where you're not going to be able to hear this stuff. Mm-hmm. That there's really going to be a famine of the word. And we're in that day. We're in a day where we are in a day of complete apostasy in the church, in the known church. And so when we started this show, we went out and reached out to the remnant to the those who were disenfranchised from major churches and mm-hmm. denominations, and they were going to the internet to find, you know, podcasts and ministries and stuff like that. In fact, that started off on YouTube years before, a few years before, and that was like a well, look how that's grown. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, huge, huge man, huge. But we knew there was going to be a time where that stuff would be, you know, shut down eventually. And also what I believe is happening is a lot of it's been compromised too. the same spirit that's in the mega churches and the same spirit of uh, heretical doctrine and apostasy has also crept into the remnant, you know, on podcasting and YouTube and things like that. So you have to be real careful who you listen to and where you go. Most of it is entertainment. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's just entertaining. So you're running from one entertaining topic to another entertaining topic. And there's nothing wrong with that if you just want to be entertained. But um, you're not getting the substantive, you know, word of God in you by doing that. So anyway, we started four years ago doing this. And I will tell you, you know, we faithfully tried to put a show out, you know, Linda and I put a show out every Monday, then every Friday with Freedom Friday doing the news commentary kind of a thing where we kind of let loose, you know, and I can kind of scream and yell and say things that maybe you can't say, you know, I can say it. Mm -hmm. And um, is that entertaining? Yeah, it's entertaining. We don't do it to be entertaining, but it it can be entertaining. It can also be offensive that it does offend some people. But then on Mondays, we really try to do a Bible study and give a grain offering. And what I mean by that is to feed God's uh, flock with the grain that he, he gave us. And then we had, you know, faithful hosts like um, we had Patrick Meekin for many years. And then uh, and now we have Marcos, very faithful uh, men who would who would do the same. And it's hard because they don't get paid for this. And it's hard to take time out of your, your life and your family and your jobs and to do these things. And we went through several transitions. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is Brother Marcos said something um, not too long ago, and he's absolutely right. And he talked about he wasn't going to waste anybody's time on on the Kapow show. And if God didn't give him anything to say, he just wasn't going to say it. So in other words, there are going to be times when you don't have a Brother Marcos program because he, he he's not inspired to talk about anything. He's not going to just flip open any book or just talk about any political topic that comes to his mind if it's not what the Lord has put on his heart. I really appreciate that because this is not entertainment. This is not to make money. We do this to share. And I know it's a one-way conversation because we don't do live shows anymore. We used to with a live chat room, but it was just way, way too complicated to handle especially with with the services that we used to have. So I do appreciate Marco saying that, and I agree 100%. And we are at that point also. What I've tried to do oftentimes is when we don't have anything inspirational, like God gave us something and we want to share that with you folks, I would find other ministers. I would find David Wilkerson. I would find Wynn Worley, the Derek Princes, Folks like that, you know, even our, our precious uh, Dr. Tucker. Mm-hmm. You know, I would find other speakers and I would put that on Monday show just to give you something. I would hear it and go, oh, man, that's really good. You know, and it'd be like the Lord said, well, share that. But I'm going to be honest with you. The time has come where it's harder and harder to find these kind of sermons. I mean, you really have to dig in the past. You have to go to the to, to the. 80s maybe 70s and earlier to find the word of god i mean modern day preachers it's really really hard to find something very substantial and very deep and it it, it is more and more difficult and i noticed this on some of the even the sites that i would get these these ministers you know i'd get these sermons from it's harder and harder to find that we're going through a time of famine we we really are. And it's a great apostasy out there. And there's so much 
false doctrine and heresy and craziness and their people are just not rooted in the truth of the word. And it's, it's, it's a sad, sad time, but it's a time that we saw coming for years and we're here. It's, we're here. We're absolutely here for us. And I'm going to say the same thing because I'm spitballing here. You may not hear us on Monday nights or Mondays anymore. We may not produce a show on Mondays and we might do it rarely and we might do it occasionally, but it's going to depend on what the Lord gives us. It's just like what Marco says. I'm not, I'm not going to force anything and just start talking just because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to waste my time and I'm not going to waste your time just to talk. And I'm not going to go and chase entertainment. If you want to learn about, um, Nephilim and crystal skulls and hollow earth and UFOs and paranormal and ghosts. If you want to hear about that stuff, there are plenty and plenty of podcasts out there talking about this stuff and that's very entertaining. And so you can do that, but we're not going to do that because that's not our, that's not our thing. So I guess what I'm telling you here, I'm not giving you a goodbye show. I'm not giving you a final show. I'm just saying you may not hear us as often. Mm-hmm. Now, when the Lord gives us something and it's, it's, we're inspired and he tells us, share this, this is my word I want you to share, then by all means, we're going to do that. But that's not going to be all the time. We're just not going to talk all the time. This is probably the last spitball show. Plus, we do have something to share today. We actually do. Mm-hmm. All right. I hope that makes sense. And I begin to think about that, and I also begin to think about how you know what Marco said that he he promised the people I'm not going to waste your time, and I begin I begin to think about that biblically, and uh, you're going to say, well, where in the scripture does it say you know don't waste people's time with that? The spirit the spirit of God's word does confirm that, and I begin to think about the Old Testament prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Micah, you know Obadiah, every every prophet. They spoke, that's what made a prophet, they spoke as God gave them utterance to speak. But they weren't just walking around every day tilling mulberry bushes, you know, and then just speaking nonsense Mm -hmm. or entertaining people by all means. They only spoke what and when God told them to speak. Mm -hmm. So it's biblical. And the New Testament you have New Testament writers, writers, you know, you have Paul, Peter, James, John. These guys, Paul wasn't sitting around going, you know what? I, I haven't fed the Corinthians in a while. I haven't, every week I need to give them a, a, a shot in the arm. I got to come up with, I don't know what to talk about. You know what? I'm just going to talk about the Damascus road again. It's not like that. He only wrote letters when God gave him something to say. There was an issue that had to be addressed. God gave him something to say, and that's when he said it. That's our scriptures. So he just wasn't just spitballing all the time. So it's it's a biblical scriptural principle, okay? We have relied on a false system of sermonizing where a poor pastor every week has to come up with a great message to encourage his flock and his congregation Every week he has to come up with something. Well, no wonder they start going to Rick Warren's pastor's box and getting pre-made sermons and things like that. No wonder. 
very hard to come up every week with something, especially if, if you're not being inspired. Mm-hmm. And God just doesn't inspire you 24-7. Mm-hmm. It's just that's not the way it is. So we got really used to sermonizing. Every week you go to church and you get a sermon. You get a half hour, 20 minute sermon, blah, and that's it. And the next week, that was really good, pastor. That's not really the way it works. Okay. God's going to speak when he's going to speak. Okay. I think I've said enough about that. We may go dark. You may not hear us as much on, on Mondays. This is the reason why we are hoping God will give us a word. And when he does, we'll share it with you. Outside of that, we're not going to waste our time or your time just blabbering. All right? That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Everybody's sad? I'm sad. All right. So, yeah, we're not here to entertain. We're here to talk about God's word. It's just the times that we're in. It's a different time mm-hmm. than, than four years ago when, when we started. You know, I mean, just recently we were up to doing five shows a week. Mm-hmm. This was just like maybe six months ago. We had five things going on every day. We had a show on Kapow Radio Show Network. That's why it was a network. You know, we had Brother Marcos. We had us Patrick, for two days. We had Brother Tucker. We had Tucker. We had R R and P. And we also had Justin Fall. We had Justin. So we had a lot of stuff going on. That was like the golden years, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of Kapow. We had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Justin has gone on to do his own show. Our R&P has always had their own show. We just were replicating the, um, their show on our deal. Patrick, you know, he, boy, he did really well when he got, when he had to go back to work, mm-hmm. when he had to earn a living and go back to work. It just took all his time and mm-hmm. then he was having technical he, issues. major difficulties, you know. And so it just, you know, it's brother Marcos has been with us for years now, you know, doing, doing the same thing, you know, faithfully putting stuff out every week, but the times have just changed, you know? And, uh, like I said, you know, you, you want to, you want to hear some other stuff that's entertaining or interesting things and topics. There's plenty of other shows out there, plenty of other podcasts. So, but that's, that's just not our mission. Mm-hmm. That's not what God called us to do. Um, so yeah, we can, we can talk about demons every day and, give you war stories and all that stuff, but it's, that's not what he called us to do. All right. You have anything to say about that? Mm-mm. All right. Do you have a spitball you want to just talk about? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's give, let's give what the Lord gave us today. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk in acts, the book of acts. This is chapter eight. And I want to focus on verse 37. Chapter 8, verse 37 in the book of Acts. Now, we have f- finished up our um, Illuminati series. We were talking about social masonry and all this other nonsense, you know, for the last several weeks. And a couple of weeks ago, we did a show on the Sanhedrin, the haters of Christ. And we showed you how, how this all originated with the Jewish Sanhedrin and how they hated Christ as soon as he came on scene and their whole goal is to destroy his name and the power behind that name. That's the whole goal. That's why we're in such an apostasy uh, because of all this very evil, wicked manipulation of the scripture and, um, and the lack of truth in the word of God that, um, that believers are not believing anymore. So I want to show you another example of this and just, 
tell you just the importance about hanging on to Jesus, you know, just hanging on to Jesus Christ. You can call him Yeshua if you want, Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua HaMashiach of Nazareth, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But I'm talking Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God. That's where the, the power is. That's where the Godhead resides. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's That's the only way. That's the only name. So when you have the Sanhedrin, you have the globalists, the the Illuminati Jewish Kabbalist bankers destroying and twisting the name of Christ and giving you a Cheez-Its instead, this is the ultimate goal, okay? And it is sending people to eternal damnation. And it's just incredibly sad, incredibly hard to deal with, okay? So let's... Let's look, let's look at Acts, okay, chapter 8, and I'm, just, I'm not going to read the whole thing. This is about Philip, and he's walking down the road, and God had sends, sends him down this road, right? Tells him to go down there, and he sees the eunuch in the chariot. Everybody should know this story. He sees the eunuch in the chariot, and the eunuch is reading the Isaiah scroll. He's reading a portion of Isaiah. And that's the other reason why, like last week on Freedom Friday, I get mad at the flat earth people because they're going, well, Isaiah proves flat earth. And look at this. Isaiah is the word of God. This man came to the saving knowledge of Christ by reading Isaiah, not talking about flat earth mm-hmm. or Pokemon or Mandela effect. You see what I'm saying? By apostasy, it's the brain is wet now. Times have changed. So this is the part where then philip sees him in the chariot and he runs up god tells him go contact that guy he runs up and he and he sees and hears this guy reading isaiah and um so uh, this guy's a eunuch an ethiopian he's not a jew but he's a god fearer so seeing a jew more than likely (laughs) right there he's like uh philip says uh hey do you know what you're reading he goes how can i unless somebody explains it to me and uh, so he says, get up here and explain it to me. So Philip gets up on the chariot and he's reading that part of the scroll, you know, about Christ. Mm-hmm. And what Philip's does is Philip just breaks it all down for him. And he explains the gospel to him. And he explains who Jesus Christ of Nazareth is for eternal salvation. And that's where we're at in the story. Okay. So in verse 36, um, well, I'll go to verse 35. It says, then Philip opened his mouth. You see, here's another scriptural thing. Philip just wasn't spitballing. Mm -hmm. Philip wasn't just, I have nothing else to talk about. I have nothing else to do, so I'm just going to just talk about anything. There was a specific thing God told him to do and a specific thing God told him to say. So it's the same thing I was saying earlier about this show. You may not hear us all the time unless God opens our mouth. That's where we're at. And so it's the same thing with Philip. God opened his mouth and he began at the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. I'm reading out of the King James Version because I want you to hear the Bible. I want you to hear the truth and I want you to hear God's word. And then we're going to go and I'm going to show you how these other translations and how um, the Sanhedrin has tried to remove the Son of God Mm -hmm. from this. So he preaches Jesus to the eunuch. In verse 36, it says, And as they went on their way, they came into a, to a certain water. 
And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? So you understand he's reading Isaiah. He's a God fearer. He went down to Jerusalem to worship. He's on his way back. He has no idea what he's reading. And then God sends Philip his way to then show him the word of God. Mm -hmm. And the word of God always points to Jesus Christ. It never points to entertainment or music or worship bands or creative dancing and art in the church. It never, it always points to Jesus. So he then says, look at there's water. What prevents me from being baptized? Okay. I'm not talking about water baptism. I'm talking about being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The water is symbolic of death death and and burial. Exactly. But he's wants to be baptized into Jesus. In other words, his allegiance is now to Jesus Christ of Nazareth which he now understands is the Messiah, the Savior, all right? So verse 37, now this is important, pay, 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 pay much attention to verse 37. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, all right? So this ain't a game. Mm-hmm. This ain't a Pokemon game. You have to believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Right? If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest, mayest what? Be baptized into the name of Christ, Mm -hmm. if you believe in all your heart. And he, the eunuch, answered Philip and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. I believe that Yeshua HaMashiach is the Son of God. He is God-made flesh. Mm Mm-hmm. You cannot be saved by any other name. That's right. You can't be saved by your church. You can't be saved by your missions. You can't be saved, saved by your activity. You can't be saved by your singing. You can't be saved by your worship music. You cannot say, be saved by the guitar you play. You can't be saved by the podcast you listen to. You can only be saved through Yeshua HaMashiach, That's right. the Son of God. You can't be saved by your own righteousness either. Absolutely not. And then... They stop the chariot. They go down. They both uh, go into the water. He baptizes him. And when they come out, the Holy Spirit catches Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, and he went away rejoicing. That's the end of the story. Verse 37 is what I want you to understand. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. All right? So you're going, okay, that makes sense. Now, however, however. Let's look at what the Kabbalists, the Kab, the Kabbalist, the Kabbalist Jews have done to destroy the name of Christ. Amen. Okay. This is all wicked people, whether they're Jew or Gentile. They're all people that serve Satan, but it started with the Sanhedrin Mm -hmm. when they crucified Christ. Okay. And they said, cursed be us. The curse be upon our children. That's these guys. This is what they did. Throughout the centuries, you know, most of the problem with the Bible is with the New Testament. You know that, right? Right. Because in Hebrew, you know, you have your uh, Masoretic text and you have mm-hmm. the Hebrew text. They weren't messed with. No. But the New Testament, the Greek, yep. is has been messed with continually. Mm-hmm. Totally messed with. I, for one, my personal opinion, believe that the um, the original texts were written in Aramaic. They spoke Aramaic, not Greek. They weren't Greek speakers. They were... <laughs> They were Jews. Ancient Jews spoke Aramaic. Um, so that's why we like the Peshetta so much. But that's that's been messed up too. Sure. So it's, um, 
But this this shows you some of the things, okay? So I am going to read out of the NIV. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. The NIV. Now let me show you the difference. Same scripture, same place, right? So verse 35, NIV says, Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Verse 36, and as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And then it goes to verse 38. Yep. Totally dismisses verse 37 where it says Jesus is the son of God. It's gone. The NIV literally on their verse numbers has 36 and it goes right to 38. And it goes right to 38 and it says, and he ordered the chariot to stop. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And then the rest of the story. No, 37. Um, what happened to, if you believe with all your heart, you mayest be baptized if you believe. And, um, and he, then he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. What happened to that confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? You remember the Sanhedrin hate the name of Christ. Mm -hmm. They crucified Christ thinking they could stop it. They threw the apostles in the jail, killed several of them so they could stop it. They were ordered to stop teaching and preaching in this name. And it hasn't stopped. Mm Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the NIV totally leaves that out. So you're going, what the heck? Now, the plot even thickens. Why do they leave it out? I'm reading to you from a scholarly work, um, the Expositor's Bible Commentary, using the NIV. These are scholars. And let me tell you, they have a little teeny, little teeny footnote in the commentary and they explain this to you that a little teeny footnote that no one's going to read right Mm -hmm. except weird people like you and me yeah like us here's what they say now listen to the tone of this when they talk about verse 37 which doesn't exist in the niv they say are better are better manuscripts omit verse 37 what does that tell you? That your King James Bible and all the other Bibles that have it, my Pachetta has it, they're not the better manuscripts. They're inferior. They're inferior. The NIV is the better, they're using the better manuscripts. And it says D, which is, is, um, which is code for Codex Bezae, B-E-Z-A-E, Codex Bezae, is lacking from chapter 826 through 1014. So one of these manuscripts, Codex Bizet, has all chapter 9 is missing. Most of chapter 8 and most of chapter 10. But E, now E's synonymous with Dead Sea Scrolls. The reason why I know this is I had to look all this stuff up. Mm-hmm. See, they're writing in code. They don't want you to know. No. Instead of just saying Dead Sea Scrolls, they say E. Instead of saying Codex Bizet, they say D. Mm-hmm. See, they use little little codes. 
You can find that in the beginning of the commentaries. Okay, so the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, how many of you believe the Dead Sea Scrolls are right on? They were written before the uh, the first century, right. most of them. I mean, they're like, and they're preserved, and they're like right on. It's like proof of God's word. Right. Well, the Dead Sea Scrolls, guess what? And a number of minor texts. Notice the tone minor. The, the Dead Sea Scrolls are, are minor? They're lumped with minor text? Minor? The Dead Sea Scrolls and a number of minor texts and such church fathers as uh, Irenaeus, we've heard of Irenaeus, yep. Tertullian, mm-hmm. we've heard of Tertullian, um, Cyprian, we've heard of Cyprian, Ambrosiaster, Ambrose, Augustine, we've heard of all those guys. Guess what? They add with minor variations, the characteristically Western reading, quote, Philip said, if you believe with your whole heart, you may. He answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So what the scholar just told me is that their better manuscripts omit verse 37. However, the Dead Sea Scrolls, other minor texts, and a whole bunch of church fathers have that verse. But their better texts don't. So we're going to use the better text for our NIV. That's right. And we're going to eliminate the Son of God from the Word of God. Wow. We live in an apostate uh, time. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for years, but we're really coming to a head here. The pimple is ready to pop. Mm. The spiritual pimple is ready to go. The yeah. blackhead's ready to come out. That pus needs to be released. Amen! <laughs> Beginning to preach <laughs> about pus. Remember what Revelation says about adding or um, taking out of the Word of God. Yeah. You're cursed. You bring a curse. Are preaching another gospel. This is another gospel, folks. It's another gospel. Well, you know, we just eliminate Jesus. Well, it gets worse. Let me read on. Oh, so he says our better manuscripts omit it. Um, and then he tries to they'll say, you know, but Codex Bazaar, you know, they omit a lot of stuff. But then the Dead Sea Scrolls, but they don't say Dead Sea Scrolls. They say E. And a number of minor texts. They don't give the names of the minor texts. And then all these church fathers, famous church fathers, not just unknown people, all have it in their writing. Verse 37, they all have it. Then the scholar goes on and he says, the Byzantine, the Byzantine text also admits this reading, but Erasmus, that's what it is, Erasmus included it in his critical editions because he concluded that it had only inadvertently fallen out of the textual tradition he knew. And therefore, it became embedded in the TR. The TR is code for Textus Receptus. Mm -hmm. That's what the King James Version is based on. So what this scholar is saying is that it became embedded in the Textus Receptus and in the King James because Erasmus, an early church father, included Mm -hmm. it in his critical edition because he felt it, it, it inadvertently fell out, right? Mm-hmm. It gets the tone here. Mm-hmm. 
who's a super oh, What does he know? Our best, better manuscripts omit verse 37. Remember that, how it starts off. And then it goes on, he says, the construction, and he gives you a bunch of Greek, you know, scholarly stuff. The construction of the Greek, ton isua Christon, and it's used as a proper name, however, breaks a Lucan pattern in the first half of Acts. And now he ends this with, with this statement. And the verse, check this out, folks. And the verse adds nothing to the narrative except to make explicit what is already implied. Wow. That is from a scholarly work, the Expositor's Bible Commentary. This is what I had to study from when I got my degree in biblical studies Mm -hmm. at a Christian university, Mm -hmm. Vanguard University of the Assemblies of God. This is the text they had me use as a student. Wow. I just happened to get saved, and now I know better. How many of those poor bastard Bible students didn't get saved and, and... believe this nonsense well, you know the scripture that comes to me is uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world so even though they wanted to um, omit truth which is basically a lie mm-hmm. and you know who the father of lies is God revealed the truth to you anyhow exactly and he'll do that he'll, he'll do that as you read the word in the Peshetta Okay, I love the Peshetta, original Aramaic. Verse, uh, it has, I'll read verse 36. And as they were going on the road, they were arriving at one place and they had water in it. And that eunuch said, behold, water, what is a hindrance to me being baptized? Verse 37, the Peshetta has verse 37. What? Dun, 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 dun. Mm -mm. Obviously, they're not using the best manuscripts like the NIV does. And Philippus said, if you believe with all your heart, it is authorized. Didn't say thou mayest, but it's authorized. If you, believe, but you have to believe in all your heart. And then the eunuch said, "I do believe that Yeshua, the Messiah, is the Son of God." Amen. Okay. Wow. Now, my Peshetta has a footnote on that verse. Now, bear with me on this. Here's what the Peshetta has on the footnote. This verse, it says, this verse is absent in the Peshetta manuscripts. However, the Aramaic scriptures, Research Society, 1986 edition of the Aramaic Peshetta text, which is an edition of the Eastern text, contains it. And the 1979 Syriac New Testament critical edition of the Peshetta also has it. And um, it has a footnote that states no Syriac manuscript contains it and that it was first supplied in Hutter's edition of 1599-1600. That's A.D. The Harklian Syriac version does have this verse being revised from Greek in A.D. 616. So we're going further and further back. One Greek uh, unial E, which is 8th century, has it. The Textus Receptus Greek editions have it, as do some Latin Vulgate manuscripts. And the old Itella version, which is 2nd century AD, 
That goes by print. That's only a hundred years. That's only a hundred years later, the second century AD. Mm-hmm. That goes back pretty far. It has it. It has that verse. Sure. But none of these are the best manuscripts. Right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the 1905 Pachetta edition that my book, my Pachetta is translated from, has it. And then he goes on, and I can't do this verbally, but he shows how the ending of verse 36 looks like in Aramaic mm-hmm. and how it looks like in a Dead Sea Scroll, sea scroll script. Mm-hmm. And then he shows how the ending of verse 37 looks, both in Aramaic and in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and they, they, the ending looks similar. Mm-hmm. They have the same characters. Here's what he says. Possibly a copyist copied verse 36 and was confused by the similar endings of 37 and 36, and instead of going on to 37, he skipped it, assuming he had just copied it and went on to verse 38. The beginning of verse 37 looks like, and he has it, and the beginning of verse 38 looks like this, and they do look alike. So I think he's being he's being very kind, saying yeah. some copyists made a mistake. I'm, I don't think so. I'm less kind, and I think it was on purpose. purpose. I think yeah. the Sanhedrin, those Jew haters, the, yeah, I mean Christ haters, those um, Kabbalist Jews that hate Christ, mm-hmm. purposely... Left it out of the, the tradition. It's like these are our best manuscripts. Because there are other scriptures that the NIV leaves out. Oh, yeah. This is just... Very important ones. One little example. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, I like what what this guy says at the end, because this makes a lot of sense. It is more likely a copyist had finished verse 36 and was glancing ahead at verse 37 in the original manuscript and noted visually these characters, but actually proceeded with verse 38. Now, this is what I like. He says, instead, due to the similarities in the respective first words of each verse, he he skipped the verse. It is certainly easier to account for the omission of this verse than for its fabrication as scripture. Mm -hmm. So in other words, and I agree 100%, it's a lot easier to go, why is it missing? Okay, a copyist looked at the last um, letters and his eye just moved on to, and he wrote, and he missed 30 cent. Or my, your theory is, it's much more sinister to that. They're just, they want to, they want to destroy the name of Christ, right? But it's a lot easier to go there than it is to go to the fabrication of the scripture. Mm-hmm. Why? would someone fabricate that and put that in there? That doesn't make sense. But I found a commentary who thinks exactly that. My good friend, Jameson Fawcett and Brown commentary. Oh, yes, they're good. Um, they say... They say... Sorry. They say... What do they say? I got to I got to your singing and I messed up. <laughs> I really did. I lost my place. Um, what happened here? Philip had probably okay. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip had probably told him that this was the ordained sign and seal of discipleship, but the eunuch's question was likely the first proposed of its application in this case. 
Okay, now they have a footnote there in Jameson Fawcett and Brown Commentary. It says, Acts 8.37 is wanting in the principal manuscripts and most venerable versions of the New Testament. Consent? The NIV says the best manuscripts. They say the most venerable. It's wanting. It seems to have been added from the formularies for baptism, which came into current use. So what they're saying is some Catholic guys who believe in water baptism or whatever added this because it's part of their formula. <laughs> but if you read the scripture, it it's not that. It's not, yeah. I baptize you in the name and the Father, the Son, Jesus. It's none of that. It's if you believe with all your heart, you may or are authorized. And then he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. What formula is that? Why would they then add that to the scriptures and go, well, this really makes water baptism solid and this right. is the formula we use yeah doesn't make sense i don't believe that i don't believe jameson fawcett brown i don't believe um and they're pretty good and they're usually pretty good yeah about he's stuff, good you know yeah. but yeah that, i don't like that no no and um and i don't believe the expositor's bible commentary on that this and also the expositor's bible theory is good on a lot of things mm-hmm. this is just one that isn't i i don't but they're good on a lot of other things see so um so you really do need the Spirit of God to help you discern what is truth and what is not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, my friend, is my... Because remember, in John 18, Pilate asked the Lord Jesus, what is truth? Right? Right. I just finished reading Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare written by Paul and Linda Villanueva, and I highly recommend it to all Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness radio listeners. This book is about saving your marriage from destruction. It is a true and vivid account about adultery, witchcraft, curses, spells, and evil spirits, all attempting to dismantle and annihilate lives. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. Ultimately, the book glorifies the transformational power of God through submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is a good thing. Demons in My Marriage Bed from all online digital retailers, such as Amazon.com and Apple iBooks, FifthHookMedia.com. That is F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-Media.com. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. Please do not be fooled that such things cannot happen to you. Rather, get prepared and become the spiritual warrior needed to overcome in these perilous times in which we all live. God bless you all. So we go with what is not truth. And in John eight forty four, Jesus tells these um, Sanhedrin, You are of your father the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he abode not in truth. So there is not truth. There is no truth in him. Then if you go to 1 John 1, 6, it says, um, the apostle John says to the Christians, if we say that we have fellowship with him, Christ, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And in 1 John 2, 4, it says, he that saith, I know him, Christ, and keepeth not his commandments, he is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 
And in verse 21 it says, I have not written unto you because ye know the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Mm -hmm. So the devil, who is the father of lies, has no truth in him. So in the um, Old Testament, the word truth is... um, now, if I can find where I did my news, darlings, is um, Hebrew 571, and it's emet, which means truth or trustworthiness. It's, it's just sure, it's right, it's faithful, it's reliable, it's established. That's what truth is, and truth is from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's eternal. That's God's truth. And God's word said... Um, that Jesus is the truth, the life, and the way. And in First John, I mean, in John, the first chapter, it says that Jesus was uh, is the Word made flesh, and it dwelt among, and He dwelt among us, and He is full of grace and full of truth. And then, if you go to um, Psalm ninety six thirteen, it says, "Before the Lord." He come for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then John, um, for John the first chapter goes on to say that Jesus came from grace and truth. So this is all about truth. John three twenty one says, but he that doeth Truth cometh to the light, and he needs and his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. And John four twenty three says, But the hour comes and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And in verse twenty four it says, And that he that worship him, God, must worship him in spirit and truth. John fourteen six says Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. And even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but he, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. And that's the uh, Holy Spirit. So, Jesus is full of grace and full of truth. He is the truth, the life, and the way. And after Jesus departed from us then god the father gave him the holy spirit to give unto us who is the comforter is also spirit of the truth and the spirit of Mm -hmm. truth in the word of god says um he proceeds from the father and he testifies of me of jesus Mm -hmm. and the spirit of truth he will guide you into all truth and then in ephesians 4 21 says that jesus is truth Truth is in Jesus. So Jesus actually is our very foundation, and he is the truth. And if we want to walk in uh, righteousness, then we must walk in truth and follow after Jesus. And no wonder, no wonder they, the Jewish Sanhedrin, want to get rid of the name of Christ because by doing that, they get rid of truth. Mm-hmm. Now, you read a scripture earlier on that said um, Satan is the father of all lies. Then you read a scripture that says there's no truth in the lies. So there's no, there's not even a poop sandwich there. There's mm-hmm. not even, well, that's a little bit good. But there's no truth in the lie at all. 
So by getting rid of the Son of God, by getting rid of, of that name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you get rid of truth. Mm-hmm. And people buy the lie. Mm-hmm. And you become apostate. And see, one of the things that um, when we become saved, we also have to walk in truth. And in John seventeen seventeen, Jesus is telling, asking his father, to sanctify them through thy truth, and thy word is truth, and Jesus is the word, right? Mm-hmm. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they might also be sanctified through the truth. And in First Peter one twenty-two, Where are you, Peter? Where are you? Peter. It says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. So how we become sanctified in the truth is by obeying the truth through the Spirit. And then in Psalm 51, 6, it says, Behold, that God, thou desirest truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me know wisdom. So you see, we are constantly being renewed by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, so that truth is in us. The Holy Spirit always teaches us truth. He leads us into all truth. Mm -hmm. So when we fill up with the Word of God and we renew our thinking, our mind, then when you read this kind of stuff, like in the NIV, yeah. something in your spirit will will be checked. Yes. Like there's something wrong here. Or if you hear a sermon or if you hear somebody talking about God or about Jesus, there's something in your spirit, thank God for the Holy Ghost, Yes. that checks your spirit. And then you can go back to the word and do your Berean mm-hmm. and say, huh, see, this is not right. This mm-hmm. is not true. And then the Holy Ghost will give you the truth. Yes. And then you are sanctified because that's, that's the heart of the Father. That's the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will be sanctified by the truth, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the truth. There is no, there is no other truth. Mm-mm. Anything apart from Jesus is a lie. Mm-hmm. You have to have the truth, and you have to walk in truth. You have to obey the truth of God, and we have to walk in truth, like First John says, um, that we have to love in truth and walk in truth, and that truth is love. It's not that mushy-mushy feeling. No, oh, I love you. Yeah. Obedience to the commandments is love. Thou shalt. got attacked by a demon <coughs> thou shalt not have any other gods before me mm-hmm. is it yep now um let's see second thessalonians two thirteen, and i'll close with this it says but we are bound to give thanks always to god for you brethren beloved of the lord because god hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. There's a lot, a lot of true scriptures mm-hmm. that talk about what truth is. And you, you mentioned, um, Jesus is the truth. That's your standard. That's exactly what it is. That's the standard mm-hmm. there. We do have a standard. Truth is not relative. It's not what you think it is that day or yeah, what it's not subje- subjective. No, it's not what CNN is telling you or Fox news or Donald or Hillary or anything. It's not 
what anybody's telling you. It's the word of God. It's the words of Christ and obedience to those words. Mm-hmm. That's our standard. Yeah, because the the word of God, which is truth, it gives life to our spirit mm-hmm. because the word of God is spirit. And the people that do not love the truth cannot be saved. No. So if the word of God says sin is sin, that God detests certain behaviors and certain attitudes and certain things, and he calls for repentance, then that's what it means. Mm -hmm. You cannot take the scriptures and twist them, and then you cannot open up your inclusive church and say, today's different. It's a modern world, and we are inclusive of LBGTQ and all this nonsense, and we're going to smoke marijuana in our church and drink and be hipsters. That's not truth. Mm -hmm. That's not the standard of truth. Mm -hmm. We have to, all of us have to have a firm foundation in the standard because we can't be saved without it. That's how important it is. It's not just a matter of, oh, a different opinion, different doctrine. They're matters of salvation or matters of preference. These are matters of eternal life. You cannot have eternal life without the truth. That's right. And then Jesus was telling Pilate that the reason, the reason why he came into the world is that he should bear witness unto the truth and that everyone that is of the truth would hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And then I loved going back to um, the Old Testament, the Psalms, because it says the word of God, the word of the Lord is right. And this is in Psalms 33, 4. And it says, and all his works are done in truth. Then in Psalm yeah. forty ten, this is this is Jesus, okay? This is Jesus. And it says, I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. He's talking to God the Father. I have declared thy faithfulness unto thy salvation, and I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Amen. See? Yeah. That's a messianic psalm. Mm-hmm. I have not hidden the truth. It's these wicked, evil humans that are controlled by Satan, the father of all lies, that have. They're the ones hiding the truth. They're the ones mixing it all up. We got to accept everything. Be inclusive. We got to have rock and roll. They're the ones. So when people say the word Jesus or that they're Christian or, or anything like that, you have to Berean and you have to listen with the ear of God because just because they mention Jesus, just because they say they're a Christian, just because they say they're a pastor and all that, or they're teacher, or teachers of the word of God, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that they are. Mm-hmm. Because remember, the enemies came from within. Yeah. You know, I always thought that church was like the, the safest place to be in. But God showed me that that is not true. In fact, when you go to church or when you listen to someone that says they're a Christian or anyone that teaches the Bible, you really have to be alert and you really have to pay attention to what they're saying because the enemy comes from within. Mm-hmm. It's not from the outside. It's from within. Amen. You have to listen to the language, how that language is talked. Is it God language mm-hmm. or devil language? But more importantly, you pray for the gift of discernment. Mm-hmm. And it's not like some special gift that only a few have it and people don't. No. You're going to have it. Like Linda said, 
The Holy Spirit's going to quicken your spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's like something just ain't right here. But you develop, you develop that gift of discernment and you're able to discern. You may not put your finger on it. You may not go, here's why I don't like this guy. Mm-mm. Here's why I don't like what he's saying or what he's doing. You may not be able to specifically put your finger on it because he seemed so nice and everybody else liked him and it was so good and, you know, and he was so full of the Lord. But there's something there that checks your spirit. Mm-hmm. And you might think, well, I don't want to be critical. I don't want to judge. You're not judging him for salvation. You're just saying there's something not right. Mm-hmm. And then you pray to God, what is it? And I guarantee you, you'll you'll you. see it. Mm-hmm. You'll see it. But when you have those feelings, don't, don't ignore them. Mm-hmm. Don't go with the flow. Don't go with the crowd. No. Go with the word of God. Because I guarantee you, because your spirit, if you're walking in the spirit, your spirit is not going to walk hand in hand with the darkness. It's going to mm-hmm. feel something. That's right. Okay. All right. I think that's about it, Mr. Powell. All right. For our spitball session. I just want to end with um, this, the NASB version of the Bible, NASB. They have verse 37 of Acts 8, but they have it in parentheses. So I'm looking at it on my iPad, and I don't have notes there, but I bet you if you had the NASB Bible, there's probably a footnote. Oh, I'm sure. But the actual verse is in parentheses. It's mm-hmm. there, but it's in parentheses. Yeah. Okay. I, I bet you the uh, the ESV doesn't have it. I don't know. I don't have the ESV. I wouldn't have that trash on You should have had me look it up. Yeah. Your computer will blow up. Acts 836. Seven. Seven ESV. ESV. See if that has it. Or if they have it in parentheses or a footnote or something. Interesting. The NIV just totally leaves it out. Just glosses right over it. I'm looking. Hmm. Uh, anyway, no. I will. It doesn't have it on here. Doesn't have it at all. Uh-uh. So not in parentheses, nothing. No, it says 30. It has uh, verse 36. And then it goes to verse 37. No, I want 37. I know, but. You mean 38. Verse 30. I just want to make sure I'm right. Acts 8. And it has verse 35, 36 and 38. Okay. So it missed 37. Yes. Just just like the NIV. Hmm. That's the English. uh, ESV is the uh, what? Um, I don't know. Um, English Standard Version, whatever. It's a big thing in Southern California, man. All the uh, Calvary chapels use that one. Yep, they love that version. Um, it also admits, um, or in parentheses, or puts in the side note the uh, Mark. Yep, um, it does. Eighteen sixteen. Because 16, I remember 18. they wanted me to study off of that, but they didn't like the version I was I was reading, obviously. Yeah, and so they actually bought me an ESV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that verse 37. So obviously that translation is taken from the best manuscripts. The best manuscripts. Forget the Dead Sea Scrolls, Textus Receptus. Forget all the church fathers. Forget all that stuff. Get the best manuscripts, whatever those are, and leave out the Son of God. Let's do that. Apostate Bible versions. It's a beautiful way to um, for Satan to corrupt the word of God and to corrupt the minds of Christians uh, if they don't do their due diligence. All right. So I think that's the end of the show. 
Folks, once again, thank you for listening to our spitball show. We were spitballing today. We love you. We love you. And we we will come back when the Lord gives us something good to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know just, what I mean? Just help us pray because we do pray every week. Oh, Lord, yeah. just give us a word. You know, uh-huh. and if he does, listeners. he does. But a lot of times he don't. I mean, we're reading our personal Bible studies and, and going, wow, that's really good, really good. But it's not. We don't feel like the, the the spirit urging us to share with everybody certain things. And also, the other thing I want to say is, if you have an idea, contact us, write to us, mm-hmm. Paul, Linda at KapowRadioShow dot com, um, and maybe you have something that you would like us to put on our platform. Fire for me.